Welcome to the Speak Good News podcast, equipping the church to easily share the truth and love of Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Dr. David Shaw. Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, Jesse here, along with Bethany. Hey. And uh, we got a dear friend sitting in the chair across from us named David Shaw. He's been on staff here at Every Home for Christ for five, six years officially, but involved since the early 90s. And those who've been tracking with us, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode because we're going to continue our, our journey of rediscovering, redefining, and we say that lightly and open-handedly because we know we're not the ones redefining, but mm. rediscovering and engaging with really the, the word that we've named this podcast after, the word witness and the mm. concept and the biblical meaning of witness. And this is something that is dear to mm-hmm. David's heart. He gives leadership right now to our, our USA ministry, engaging with churches, doing what we do all over the world right here yes. mm-hmm. in our own backyard and neighborhoods. He serves pastors. And so, David, we're just pumped to have you. Yeah. Um, just from what I know of you, um, you're a Marine, so that's cool. Yes, yes. Former Marine. Semper Fi. Semper uh, But... I think the thing that everyone would say about David that stands out is just his heartbeat for Jesus and his heartbeat for those that don't know Jesus and yes, for the yes, church amen. and for that amen. intersection of those those groups. And so, David, um, you actually used to be a witness and still are, <laughs> but uh, previously it was a, a Jehovah's Witness. And That's so true. just jump in today with your kind of personal story, your testimony, and um, we'll just we'll just have fun kind of seeing where this, this goes today and discovering your heart for, for witness for the church. Well, thank you so much, and uh, just to be a part of this podcast and sharing is dear to my heart. So um, as you mentioned, yeah, I was uh, raised a Jehovah's Witness. Um, a lot of people say, you used to be a Jehovah's Witness, and I'm like, well, I still am. I still witness for Jehovah, <laughs> but um, yeah, part of that religious organization um, was raised in that. Obviously, as a child, your parents are part of a religion. So for the first 18 years of my life, I was raised going to church five times a week and every weekend going out knocking on doors, um, sharing the Jehovah's Witness doctrine and selling their books and their magazines. And I mean, that's my childhood. And um, grew up in a small town in Central California. And in this town, I probably knocked on all of my classmates' doors from one time or another, you think about throughout the years. Um, and then my senior year of high school, I had a group of friends who, who said, you know what, we have one year left with David. Mm. Um, let's do whatever we can to, to at least witness to him to love him, to, to share Jesus with them. And, and you can imagine all the different methodologies that were used. <laughs> uh, I remember, um, I'll, just, I'll just give the initials, uh, WG, she wrote in my senior yearbook, David, read a real Bible. That was her oh, wow. way of witnessing. Um, that was her way. <laughs> and I wouldn't say that was very effective, but many of my classmates would come and just love me and just... you ask questions and hear my heart and and drop a a truth seed here, a truth seed there, where at the end of my senior year of high school, I said, how can I not say yes to this Jesus? The truth was there. I was loved into the kingdom. Many people say what scripture or what 
gospel track or and I'm like it was love mm-hmm. I was loved and not just me being loved but I witnessed the love that my fellow classmates had for other people it wasn't just me it wasn't a it wasn't an act it wasn't some type of hey this this is a a, a strategy to get David this is pretend we love him but I authentically saw them love other people and, and I'm like that that whatever they have I need that because I didn't have that in the religion I grew up in um, so being a, uh, a Jehovah's Witness, and um, I, I had a heart, a love for God. Yeah. I think that religion, most religions give you that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a, a works-oriented religion and a faith that you have to earn your way for salvation. So when I heard that salvation is a free gift from God, mm. um, that, that it's not of by works, right? Then I'm like, I don't have to go out and work, but now I get to do it. You know, mm. it's a difference between having to do something and doing it. So I now get to be a witness for Jesus because what else, what I, I need as many people to know this as possible. Mm. That is, so. I, I have never heard that story. So that is, I think that's so profound in just highlighting what you're saying that, it wasn't, it wasn't, you didn't feel like a project. You didn't yeah. feel like we have Except this. Except for from the one girl. Except for the one girl. Read a real Bible. Read a yeah. real Bible. <laughs> sure. even say like, you know, that, that didn't really work. It was the, it was the authentic care, love, yes. and then the message of freedom and hope that coupled with that like kind of lifestyle yes. of love and care for you, that, that it drew you to it. It was, it was so that's so you witnessed it and then you witnessed it for yourself. You witnessed it in their lives. Then you got to witness it for yourself. And that's how, tell us like how, how has that experience, you know, knowing now you, you pastored for many years and then, you know, you work bringing leadership to this USA ministry and work with so many pastors but how was that forming, shaping experience kind of set you on the course for the rest of your ministry life? Oh, well, I, I mean, that's foundational. It was, oh. it, it was so foundational that um, I remember when I first start, started going to church. So I went to the, you know, a Christian church. And yeah. It's just a great church, real healthy church. And I just remember as this a young, naive, new believer, excited, going to more seasoned believers and saying, hey, when are we going to go out and tell people about Jesus? When are we going to go out and knock on doors? When are we going to... And, you know, they would, you know, kind of pat me on the head and say, you know, that's cute. You know, you're in the honeymoon stages or, you know, and they would simply say, oh, we don't, we don't really do that. What we do is we invite people to church. So I'm like, oh, okay. I I was probably the, you know, I invited everybody I saw, grocery store, postman, you know, next door neighbor, you're just inviting people to church. But there was something that just didn't set, settle right in my heart, Mm. in my spirit. So all of my, my, my first ministry experience, I volunteered as a, as an evangelism trainer. You know, and honestly, I didn't know what evangelism meant, but I knew I wanted to share Jesus. So it was, we went through the evangelism explosion curriculum and, and that was very effective. And I got to lead that in my church. That was my first really, and I think it's because it was one of those things that not a lot of people in the church really wanted to to tackle. I'll do it, you know, I'll do it. And it was wonderful. And then we did becoming a contagious Christian and there's so many different uh, models and methods out there, but to answer your question, this is what I realized, was that the more you fall in love with Jesus, mm. the less evangelism is about a program or a method. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. So, say, that, say it again. Mm. The, the more you fall in love with Jesus, 
the less evangelism becomes a method or a program. I, I would say it this way, that evangelism, sharing the good news, sharing the gospel is more of a mindset than a method. It's more about the posture you have mm-hmm. than a program. Yeah. And that posture and that mindset is love. It's, yeah. uh, you know, you think about the leader of our movement, Jesus Christ, he was about love, didn't he? Yeah. He didn't, he, you know, we, we do think in a church, if you look at these different programs, that evangelism could be looked at as behavioral modification. Yeah. If I could just change somebody's behavior, if they say this secret prayer, <laughs> then they're in and I get a notch in heaven that I led somebody to the Lord. And it's not about behavioral modification. It's about submitting to the love of Jesus Christ, submitting to his grace, mm. his forgiveness, his redemption, and and being able to live in that, having that mindset. When you have that mindset, then then you see people differently. It's true. You know, when you think I got to change their behavior, and we'll talk a little about this a little bit later, but then then it becomes, oh, I got to have the right strategy. I need to know the right thing to say. I need to have this. I need to have that. You have to be a good salesperson. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. In my studies, that's one of the biggest um, hindrance of believers sharing their faith. When, when, when I, I've done a nationwide study, a couple nationwide studies, really, and, and that is one of the number one barriers. They're like, I don't want to be a salesman. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, and, and, and it, we think it's about closing the deal, and it's not about closing the deal. It's about introducing somebody to the greatest love that they'll ever, ever meet. That's and so and his name is Jesus. Yes. And if we do that, that's event, that is being a witness. Yeah. And this is what a witness does. And I, I, and I do tell people, yeah, I'm still a Jehovah's Witness. I, I reverse that I witness for Jehovah. A witness, what, what a witness does is they, they, they share, they, they speak what they have experienced mm. or what they have learned. You cannot witness something that you have no idea about. So when a person receives and understands the love of Jesus and really connects with that, that's what we get to share, mm-hmm. you know. So we, we could argue doctrine. We could argue scripture. I mean, even in the Christian church, we have debates about what scripture. But nobody could argue. Nobody could debate your experience with Jesus. And that's what we're called to witness to. We're called to be witnesses. You know, when the, the Bible even said, he didn't, didn't say, hey, you'll go and, and, um, and, you know, make people converts. No, mm. you'll be my witnesses. Just tell people what you experience. Tell people what you know about me. Um, I, I equate that to, to my wife. I mean, if, if anybody ever hangs out with me, they, they know I have two great loves. One, one is Jesus, and I'll share that. But the other one is my wife. Mm-hmm. And I brag about her. I talk about her. I embarrass her in front of people. <laughs> it's true. I'm actually a witness of that. Yes. <laughs> uh, because you know what? I am so deeply in love with this woman. Mm-hmm. We've been married 30 years, and it gets better and better. How can I not tell people about her? Mm-hmm. I, I just tell, I just brag about her, and she gets embarrassed. I know she does, but it's the same with Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. when you love somebody, you don't need a program. Mm-hmm. You don't need a method. So this is so powerful, the snapshot of your story and I think in your words, being loved into the kingdom. Mm. Yeah, of course, of course, there's there's truth and seeds and you're mm-hmm. maturing as sure. a believer, but that becomes kind of a snapshot about what you've been passionate about for 30 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything that you're bleeding mm-hmm. right now. Um, you know, you were a local church pastor for 15 plus years, and now you've been sitting in this role of kind of the parachurch ministry, but really that's 
oriented towards serving the local church, serving pastors. Um, I'd, I'd love for you to just share with us kind of whether it's through a story or, or just from your heart, kind of what is the temperature mm. of the American church as it relates to witness, evangelism, engaging with those that know don't know Jesus? You know, I think right now there's a certain portrayal of who uh, an evangelical is yeah. in the West and um, someone right. may be looking, whether f- from within the U.S. or outside, has a particular view. But let us let us in, you know, maybe to the heart of a pastor, your own heart when you led, of, you know, moving people towards Jesus, um, mm-hmm. towards receiving his love so that they can share it, towards reaching out, to people, I mean, where where is the American church at? Where is a where are the pastors that you're talking mm-hmm. to? Where where are they in this? Mm-hmm. That that's a, a great question, and and I have the privilege in in the ministry here at Every Home for Christ, and in leading the, the the kind of the charge here in in our nation in the United States of really mobilizing the church to really be witnesses wherever they live, work, or play, mm-hmm. and. Just being a pastor for 16 plus years, I realized that it's the really it's the pastor who sets that culture, the evangelistic culture in the church. It's the pastor who really guides and directs that. So being a pastor, having experience, I, I understand the role of a pastor. I understand everything they have on their plate, everything from preparing sermons on Sunday to midweek teachings to mentoring young staff members to counseling families to, I mean, it goes on and on and on. And that's just the stuff inside the church besides their community involvement. Um, And so when the area of, um, let's just say outreach, uh, evangelism, there's a a huge interest with pastors. However, compared to everything else on their plate, it kind of gets put on the back burner. Um, not that a pastor doesn't want, but just with everything going on. And where pastors are today, when we come and, and we, we, we bring an invitation, and, and that's really it is. We want, this is a ministry that, that loves to come alongside a local church, lift up the arms of the local pastor and say, we're going to support you in this area by not only training, but giving you all the resources, everything you need, pastor. Um, we, we get a couple, a couple of different um, uh, reactions. So some, some of the reactions are at first and foremost, oh, this is just another parachurch ministry right. trying to sell me their product, mm. trying to get me to do their ministry. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we, we learn that. So we have to kind of change that narrative and say, we're not here to have you do our ministry. We're here to help you do what God's called you to do in your community, in your church. And when they realize that, they're like, okay, tell, tell us some more. So w- this is what I really realized through, through some research, a couple different research. We did research with uh, Fuller Theological Seminary, a, a doctoral research, as well as a third party with the Barna, mm-hmm. the Barna Group. We have a couple really great um, um, studies. But just, just to show this is that the American church is not, don't believe the lies, they are not anti-evangelism. Pastors are not anti-evangelism. What they are is kind of what we talked about a little bit earlier. They are anti what they think evangelism is. So they think evangelism is, is selling a product. Is is getting somebody to say a, a certain prayer? Hmm. Is um, uh, con- in really trying to convict people mm. 
of, of a sin, which we know none of us have that power to do. Only the Holy Spirit does that. Um, we think that we have uh, the, all these thoughts, you mm-hmm. know, they, they think that they have to be so good. I, I'm not good enough. It's for the and professional or something. Like exactly. That. Mm-hmm. I, I would say it this way. I, in, in a lot of my interviews around with believers, um, they're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They know it's the power of salvation. They're ashamed of their representation of the gospel. Oh, that's profound. Mm-hmm. Meaning that that they 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 still have hangups. Mm-hmm. They still have issues. Uh, they're they're still you know um, maybe have an addiction that, that you know mm-hmm. they still have that pet sin that dogs them day in and day out. And that's why the word witness is so important mm-hmm. because we say it's not about you being good enough. It's about you just sharing your experience with Jesus. So mm-hmm. for me, I've been serving Jesus now for 38 years, and I still have some junk in my life yeah. that the Holy Spirit's working on. And if I had to wait till I was totally perfect, well, then none of us would evangelize. None of us would be saved because none of, nobody would have gone out there and shared Jesus with us. But because I had friends in high school said, David, let me share with you what Jesus done in my life. Can I share how he healed my, my, my mom from cancer? Hey, can, can I tell you the peace that I have in my family when I'm in a religious family and my family are fighting and mm. there's, a, there's physical abuse, there's all these things going on. I'm like, So it's those things that we share. And so when the American church receives a different narrative, like, so it's not about telling people how bad they are. Mm. We say, no, it's about telling people how good Jesus is. It's it's not about you. (laughs) It's not about, it's about how wonderful and loving this Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And so when you change the narrative, believers are loving this. We, we, would, um, we have trainings all over the country. We, we bring pastors together because we really believe bringing the pastor. And pastors time and time again would say, this is fresh, this is new, which I laugh inside because, no, it's not fresh and new. This is, this is scriptural. Pretty this old. Is, this is really... This is, <laughs> kind of fundamental. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, but, you know, in church, we, we right. tend to go through these seasons, totally. and I think in... Um, with, and I've done them all. I've done all these different models. And, and please hear my heart on this. If, if you're listening to this and you love, you love a model, you love the Romans Road, you mm. love Evangelism Explosion, Four Spiritual Laws, Contagious, wherever it is, please, please hear my heart. God has used those. God has ordained those. And he's still using those today. Mm-hmm. However, a majority part of the church up to 85% and two different studies confirm this, that majority of the church say, that's not something I'm comfortable in doing. I, 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 I mean, anecdotally, like Jesse and I shared in an earlier podcast about our kind of trauma stories, with, <laughs> <laughs> like growing up in churches and kind of around evangelism and blah, 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 that there is... Um, like I, I, I was trained in some of those models, mm-hmm. you know, as like a young youth group girl who was really taught that to be good means to do these models. Yes. To be good means to do these things. And going out, you know, downtown my city and walking up to somebody shaking with a clipboard and asking them questions and, and nothing about it when looking back had there there was the emphasis was not on hey you you've been transformed by love mm-hmm. and now just you know let that flow from you in a really natural authentic way and you're right i i mean i heard stories of how that you know maybe was beneficial and it worked but 
it's funny because some of those rigid, it's almost like the orientation to it is like to do, to be good, you need to do these models and you need to do them well. Rather than like, you know, these models might serve this or they might not. And it, you know, take it or leave it. And, and that, that, I, I think that there's a probably, you know, I'm coming at maybe from a bit of a younger generation, but there is a, a kind of a turnoff to that because it was almost so shaming even to our own selves, engaging with some of those things. Like it, you just feel like bad. You feel mm-hmm. embarrassed. You feel like you don't know what to say. You feel like you can't be yourself. You feel like you're saying things to people and they're, you, you know, they're, you're not really seeing them as a human being and nothing about that feels good. And so, yes, maybe it does. Again, I'm with you. We can bless when, for people who it just works for, and that's wonderful, but you're right. 85% of large majority. It's not that there's not, I don't want to talk about what's important to me in my life. I don't want to talk about my faith. It's, I just, that form or that rigidness feels very limiting and doesn't feel like what it, the witness is really about, which is just encountering the love of Jesus. Yes, yes. And then, you know, being a witness of it. Being a witness. And uh, you mentioned you're coming from a younger generation. Yeah. From an older generation, I would say the same thing. Of the, uh, that's why the church hasn't been evangelizing for decades. Yeah. Because it's we're, we're, we're all, our human nature is is, you know, we want to love people, we want to be kind to people, but when we're told, this is the way it's done, you have to do it this way, you have to memorize this, and don't skip this step, you got to skip that step, (laughs) versus just saying, Jesus, Mm. let me tell you about my friend. Mm. You think about it, one of the greatest stories in Scripture, it is, uh, it's my favorite story, it's found in John chapter 4, when, where Jesus met this Samaritan woman at the well, and uh, we could talk about this in length, but when she left, when she experienced the love of Jesus, when when, when Jesus kind of read her mail mm-hmm. and said, "You know what? I know the hurts you've been through. You, you've been you've been rejected by five men. This this six man that you uh, are with now doesn't want to commit to you, mm-hmm. but I'm the seventh man. Oh, that's I'm beautiful. here to complete you. Wow. At that moment, at that moment." She had this what I call an aha moment of who Je- I could see you're you're a prophet. I could see you're supernatural. I could see something different about you. She runs home to her village, mm-hmm. and I want you to think about this. Probably the greatest evangelistic, um, besides you know one of the you know Jesus or Paul, but mm-hmm. I'm saying just as a lay person, stories in the Bible. She runs back to her village, and this is her evangelism model, her strategy. Come see a man. I just witnessed this man. I just experienced this man, his love for me, told me everything I ever done. Come see him for yourself. And then she even said, could this be the Messiah? I think he is, but you come check him out yourself. That is witness. That gives me chills. She she didn't go and say, hey, have you ever done this in your life? You ever done that? Hey, do you know that? You know, she didn't quote scripture to, to, to the village either. Right. You know, just come and see, just come and see. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. And I think we yeah. need to really, the, the, today's American church, I, to answer you, again, back to that question, they resonate with that. They're like, I can do that. Oh, is that evangelism? Oh, then I could do it. If that's evangel, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to invite people to come and see a man that changed my life. That's changing my life each and every day, which I so love that too, because even in that, there's an invitation to believers 
to re-encounter Amen. Jesus. Amen. Yes. That's right. Because as we've talked about many times, if that's the well that we're speaking of, out mm-hmm. of, of what he's done yeah. for us, who he is to us personally, then it's actually, there's some conviction there of when was the last time I came and saw Jesus. Yes, when yes. was the last so time important. that I beheld him in a way that I was transformed so important. in the midst of, like you said, 38 years into your Christian walk and still having your junk, mm-hmm. yeah. that witness can be present. It yeah. can be yep. today. No, I, Jesus didn't come into my life and make everything perfect and good and no sickness. It's it's actually, hey, today I got anger in my heart mm-hmm. towards my wife or my kids or mm-hmm. sickness in my family, yep. but Jesus is is with me. He is mm-hmm. present. And to to get to share that, I, I'm just struck with the fact that you're not only getting to invite the American church to go out, but by saying, hey, go out and tell people who he is to you yeah. in that you're inviting them to be reminded exactly of who he is to them so today. And, and I think that's uh, just something so it's desperately needed in my own life. So I can only imagine it's it's needed in the Western church, it's that revival that we talk about, which is a revival of our hearts, a revival of our personal relationship with Jesus that from that everything flows. And so there's, there's like beauty in what you're doing, David, and what the Lord's doing, I think, in, I love that you've eliminated the generational thing too, saying, hey, I'm a guy in my 50s, I think. Yes, yeah. Early fifties, early fifties, yeah. and yeah. Hey, Beth, Beth and I are here in our early thirties, <laughs> yeah. mid thirties, yeah. and yeah. saying, "Hey, it's actually not generational. No. We all, it's human, want yeah. to approach yeah. people um, as people and as Jesus sees yeah. them." And so, could you, could you, is there a story that comes to mind of how someone has responded to one of these trainings or invitations, and and how they've kind of had that light bulb moment mm-hmm. of I thought witness or evangelism, whatever word we want to use, was this, but you're telling me it's this. What is the what is the fruit mm. of that moment, that transaction, and then kind of the outworking of it in someone's life, whether it's a pastor or a, a person that you you trained? Mm. Uh, sure. You know, I mean, we love stories, and there's so many. So in my mind, I'm thinking which one really to kind of to share. Um, when we come into a church and we, we mobilize, and right now what we're doing is we're, we're coming alongside pastors and we're mm-hmm. mobilizing pastors. Um, I just did a, a training in, in San Diego area. And um, even a few years earlier, I, I was invited to this particular church to train the people in this church. So I'll give you kind of with the same church, it's the two different stories. So after training the church and going through some different ways of sharing your faith and, and under, letting them know it's, you know, we didn't give them a script. We didn't give them anything. I said, let's just go out and love on our neighbors. And, you know, we're just going to say we're going to pray for our neighbors. And um, when I said that, the entire congregation kind of had like deer in the headlights. Like <laughs> we thought this was just going to be a training. We didn't know we we're going to have to go out and do it. And, um, because the pastor didn't tell him, and I said, "We we're gonna we're gonna take go out there, and we're gonna do this." And there was uh, just intimidation. There there was fear. One of the board members of that church said, "I was just gonna sneak off and go home until y'all came back, and then come back. I wasn't gonna do this. There's no way." But the entire group went out, 
and simply just loved on their neighbors, mm-hmm. saying, hey, I'm a believer. We're Christians. We're, we, you know, we live down the street. We're just praying for our neighbors. How can we pray for you? And time after time, just that simple approach um, was 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 not only I think received by the the, the homeowner, but by the believers. They came back because I would say, okay, we're all going back to the church now, and this was the response. No, we, we want to, we want to do this more and more, and I'm like, that's where I want you. Mm-hmm. I, I want you wanting this more because all they're doing is sharing the truth and love of Jesus share what they've experienced why are they out on a Saturday talking to their next door neighbor about Jesus because they experienced something so in-depth um, with this church the the pastor of this church great pastor um, he he tells us that for years they just have not done evangelism they have not gone out just because all the different nuances mm-hmm. and the different thoughts and this he says our church can do this. And, and from that time we were doing the training, um, they, they, they have gone out. They, they have, not, and not just home to home. I think that's important. They, that, that was their strategy. They wanted to saturate their, their community. But there would be stories coming back that he, I received emails from this pastor. Hey, somebody, somebody at their work just shared their story with their coworker, and now this person else coming to church. Wow. Um, so it wasn't a program. It was just during lunch the guy said, it's hey, relational. can I tell you? Mm-hmm. Really relational. Pastors are loving this um, for this reason. When I around the country, they're like, "This is something I could get behind. This is something that that I don't have a problem teaching." So mm-hmm. let's just get back to the point that pastors are parishioners as well. Yeah. Pastors are called to do what we're asking them to do, or what Scripture asks them to do. So in their own life, if they're not witnessing, mm-hmm. if they're not sharing their faith outside of their pulpit ministry on Sunday, it's hard for them to lead their congregation to do something they're not doing. Yeah. So pastors, what I've heard from pastors are like, I could do this in my life. I could do this. Mm-hmm. And when the pastor starts doing it, the pastor will then share the stories on Sunday morning. Can I tell you what happened when I went to Walmart this week mm-hmm. and somebody was filling the shelves and I could tell they were upset and or whatever that the situation is over and over. Now, I have a lot of stories of my own witnessing, but I think that the key to this is that when the church understands that speaking good news, um, sharing the gospel. And I, I know we, we talk about the word euangelion, uh, which is the, the really the root word where we get the word evangelism, which means uh, sharing, being a messenger. It's two words, the, the word good and the word angel. Mm-hmm. Angel is a messenger, being a messenger of good news. And that's what we're called to do. The church loves being able to share good news. Americans love sharing good news. Just look at any social media totally. post. I, I don't put anything it's very on... It's natural, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't put bad pictures of myself on social media, <laughs> you know? I, I don't... Put, you know, you you always put the best... We love sharing good news. So when the church realizes that that's what we're called to do, share the good news about Jesus, just telling people what you've experienced, what you've witnessed, they're like, I could do that. And they love doing that. Mm-hmm. But when they're taught that... It has to be a program. It has right. to be a method. And here's the other key to that. You cannot give what you have not received yourself. Right. So Huge. getting back to the point you made a minute ago, Jesse, is that it does remind believers, hey, when have I encountered Jesus? Mm-hmm. When was the last time? Uh, when was the last? I mean, I, yeah, I've been to church. I, I worship. But really, when did I commune 
with my Savior. Mm-hmm. And it's during those times when you commune, you cannot, you come out of that closet, you can't help but share that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know uh, Tanner Peak, the, the leader of our ministry here, says this, that, that to, you need to see and tell. Yeah. And I love that terminology. Mm-hmm. To, you need to see, experience Jesus. Once you experience Jesus, you got to tell people. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I was, da- again, back to my wife, I always mm-hmm. brag about her, but when I was when I was dating her and we got engaged, everybody, I told strangers, I'm marrying that woman. I'm marrying. <laughs> she said, yes, you know, waiters, what are you guys doing? Hey, we're going to get married. You know, we haven't set a date yet, but she said, yes. That's awesome. And that's what you do when you mm. experience, when you see, then you could give out. And I think when we encounter Jesus mm. and really, I, I think pastors are resonating with that. I'm like, pastor, give your people an opportunity to encounter Jesus every Sunday. Not just hear right. a message preached, but give them a chance to wow. encounter. Once they encounter Jesus, it's human nature to share that. That's right. It's human nature. I, I, I think about how, you know, we know that the early Christians, how it spread was almost like, it was like, this word might not really work, but it was almost like gossiped around, you know? It was just, and even how it spread so quickly around in, in groups of women yes. and the marginalized, it was because it was so naturally good news yes. to them. Like it was, this is not like, oh, well, I should really convert you to what I think. Yes. It was, I found something that is so freeing and it takes me from this marginalized, hopeless life or this feeling of I don't have value. And suddenly I, I have this intrinsic value that I never knew. And I want to tell others because that I care about, I want them to know that there's more and it it takes it away from the, I must convert or I must get you to do this thing or say that behavior modification. Mm -hmm. If we can return to that, I feel like that would just transform our own lives because it would constantly bring us back to the point of it all, which is relationship first with Jesus and relationship with his good news in our own life, and then that natural overflow. I, I'm just thinking, I'm wondering, David, if you could just share maybe briefly before we wrap up, because I'm thinking like, I'm hearing you talk, and I think, okay, you were like, this is like your life. I mean, you... It's where I live. It's yes. where you live. If you don't have a conversation with David, this is not yeah. some like made up podcast no. topic. This is like, hey, David, how are you doing today? Oh, man, I just... So excited yeah. about cheering Jesus. <laughs> yeah. like, okay. So I and I love I think that's so amazing. And I'm just also noticing in my own self, I get around people like you and I, I feel provoked, I feel excited, but I also feel like uh, I am so not a David Shaw. Not that like I just will I don't go up to a stranger in the grocery store. You know, I that that even if I had the most amazing I don't know, encounter with God that morning. I'm not going to go up to a stranger. That's not my, that's not who I am. I'm a really kind of more private person, but I do care deeply about having deep conversations with my friends. Sure. You know, I, and I, I love talking about what is going on in my own life. And I just would love for you to maybe give us a permission or like a, 
a statement around like, how does this play out for each individual personality, each like that, that permission for this is going to look different for every single person. It most definitely does because here's the, we, we are all different. Yes. God created us in our personalities. Yeah. Um, whether we're outgoing or, or we're more introvert. I was uh, teaching at a, at a college um, on this subject, question and answers. And the question came up, how do introverts share their faith? I love that. That's awesome. And, um, and I thought for a moment and I thought this, I said, you know, introverts need other introverts to share the gospel with them. If I'm an extrovert. That's just who I am. Right. But if I'm an extrovert and I go to an introvert and say, they're like, ah, too much. You know, yeah. I'm you overwhelmed. Know. Yeah. And, um, but an introvert needs to share with an introvert. And, and I think that's the beauty mm-hmm. of God's creation. He created us all differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about just the beauty of the Christian church. We have mm-hmm. so many different expressions from from liturgical churches to mm-hmm. uh, you know just conservative churches, mm-hmm. Catholic churches, evangelical. Mm-hmm. There's so many different expressions because God is a creative God. He created us all differently, and so I want to give permission. Don't be. A David Shaw. Um, awesome. I have a, my own struggles trying to be David Shaw, you know, and I'm, I'm working. <laughs> You're not through trying those. to put them on anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Don't don't be yeah. don't don't be you know don't be a Dick Eastman. Yeah. God's called a Dick Eastman, and He's done a pretty good job about being Dick Eastman. Yeah. Yeah. He's calling you to be you. That's good. And in your life, and in your circle of influence. So. Um, it's true. I don't have a problem going up to somebody, a stranger. And just sharing with them. But that's how God created me. Mm-hmm. But God has created us all differently. So God may be putting certain people in your life. I would never, ever, ever have influence in that person's life. But God put them in your life and created you specifically with your character, mm-hmm. with your attributes, your story to share that if I went, I would, ne- I wouldn't, I would fall flat on my face. But you're going so I, I think all of us understand this, is this. As soon as we say yes to Jesus, mm-hmm. as soon as we said yes to Jesus, he's inviting us to be part of his mission. Mm-hmm. He's inviting us. You think about, um, I think it was Peter, you know, when Peter um, first um, experienced Jesus and kind of like the woman at the mill, ha- had this wonderful experience with Jesus. And when he realized who Jesus was, he fell on his face and said, away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much saying, I'm not qualified to be in your presence. Right. I'm not even. And the, the love of Jesus, his next breath, he says this. He says, don't be afraid because you follow me. I'm going to qualify you. Mm-hmm. you. You follow me. Follow me. So experience me. Mm-hmm. Get to know me. Be intimate with me. And I will qualify. I'll give you those opportunities. I'll put you out there. And, and you, you're going to be Peter. And we all know Peter had a kind of a different character than... He had a thing. Than, yeah, than mm-hmm. Bartholomew, than, yeah. than any of the others. And that's fine. We are all the same way. God created mm-hmm. us specifically with a... And so we need to look for opportunities. Right. You know, we, we don't say, well, hey, I'm not an extrovert, therefore I can't share. You look for the areas in your life where God has placed you... Mm. And just witness. And I'll tell you, there's nothing greater. There's nothing greater than sitting across from one individual and sharing the love of Jesus with them and see their life just transform Mm. and start their own road, their own journey with Jesus. I I know we need to wrap up, but I just feel like I have to add something about this feels really important right now in our 
at least in where we are at in the United States, which is such a polarized, deeply divided. And I would say that's true certainly all across the church. Like there's just people who take sides, take political sides, you know, a side on what they believe about X, Y, and Z. And it, and what you're talking about is not trying to convince somebody to come to your side. Exactly. It never works. That's what we're seeing all over social media wars and Twitter wars. And, you know, it never works when you're yelling or you're, you're telling the other person how they're wrong. I'm right. Come to my side. That, that actually mostly causes people to go become more entrenched in their, what they feel because they feel shamed and they feel like I got to defend. And if we can invite conversations that are human conversations that where we see one another and the humanity of one another where we really listen we're not just here to tell you what i what i've witnessed Mm -hmm. but what have you witnessed like what's your life experience and i want to know you i want to find i want to hear you that is such man we could be such a a uh, ministers of healing in the world just by simply having those conversations that are not, I need to convince you, but I want to listen. I want to share my whole heart with you, but I also want to hear your heart. And which is wow, Jesus. That's Jesus. With the woman at the yes. well. It's, you know, asking the question and having the conversation and just being there. Yeah. Being present. Yeah. So good. David. Thank you so much for sharing your your story, your passion for me personally. I just yeah. feel how life-giving this conversation is and the invitations there for us three, for those listening, even just present right mm. now to encounter, to witness yes. Jesus, yes. to see Amen. him. Mm. And then whether we're an extrovert, whether we're a David or a Beth, mm-hmm. to to tell to yes. look for those opportunities to authentically share Jesus and mm-hmm. to be to be his witnesses. So just thank you for what you do, who you are. Love you, man. Mm. Well, Great conversation today. Yeah. So good. Pre- I appreciate it. Uh, it's just an honor to be able to, anytime you're able to share your heart, so you, say, you say yes to it. So, you know, it's about speaking good news and, and, and just bragging on Jesus. Amen. And if we could just brag, the, the, the bride bragging about the bridegroom. Think about that. That's what we're called to do. Mm, Love it. Well, until next time, thanks for being with us. Yes. Thank you for joining us today on the Speak Good News podcast as we equip the church to easily share the truth and love of Jesus Christ. Please share this podcast with your friends and pastors and be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite platform. Also be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for even more Speak Good News content. We'll have new episodes published the second Tuesday of each month. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Speak Good News podcast. Thanks again.